Everybody, we're gonna go ahead and get started on this edition of Kingly Conversations, guys. I'm Alan again. Uh, welcome back again for another week. Listen, we're just excited that everybody is choosing to join into with us every single week. And listen again, just like I said last week, if you if you're listening on a, on, a, on a platform that enables you to like, share, and subscribe, please do. And don't forget to rate us five stars. If you feel like we're worth five stars, rate us five stars. If you feel like we're not worth five stars, do it anyway, just to give us <laughs> give us some help here in the beginning. We know that uh, you know not everybody is going to uh, jump in with what we're saying, but we hope that what we're doing is bringing you some value, is bringing you some some insight, uh, because we all have different perspectives, and so we're going to get um, right into it uh, in, in this episode. With We're going to be talking about really our upbringing and how our upbringing has shaped um, either who we became or who we didn't want to become, right? That's what we're really going to delve into today, so... I tell you, you know, yep. this is, I'm, I'm excited because, uh, let me tell you, this, this gentleman brings all the topics. Like, Fonzo got a good one today. He does. I mean, he got all the topics. I think everybody's going to enjoy this one, especially because it deals with your parents. It does. What, 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 what you came from. What it, you it, came it, from. It definitely does. So, Fonzo, shout out to my parents. Yeah. We, we love y'all. Just to put that out there. We love you. And, and we hope. <laughs> we, we hope and pray We hope and pray not to be shot after this episode <laughs> No comment man <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead man Alright let's, let's, let's get, get, into, get it. into it man. Well first I want to start off by Getting into What I like to refer as The game that was taught Meaning Your parents The structure of it The atmosphere or excuse me, the environment and how you were raised in for me in your home. Mm. Uh, I already went about went about talking in regards of being a foster child. So um, we're not even going to touch on that. So so adopted foster kids. Pay attention. Yeah, um, I was raised. The environment was very stern. It was very stern. It was no nonsense. Uh, I mean, it was loving but stern. If you didn't work, you didn't eat was kind of the mentality that I got from that. So that has taught me how to be a hard worker uh, labor-wise. Um, as far as discipline, it was a lot of it. Like there wasn't a lot you couldn't get away with or you could get away with, I should say. So it was... Now, as an adopted child or as a foster child... Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you were in competition with other kids or someone else growing up? To be honest with you, for me, no. Okay. Only because I didn't care about competition. It, for me, it wasn't nothing about that. I was good at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, not knowing where I came from, completely not knowing where I came from because I was aware that I was in the system and going through the process. I remember the, the, the adoption parties and the cubicles and all that nonsense. So for me, I was too humble at the time as a child to even, I don't care. Like you, you got it. I don't need the spotlight. Mm. Even mm -hmm. though, even though I was a little star, you know, <laughs> in regards of laughing, goofy, uh, making, making siblings and parents laugh and things of that nature. I had, you know, that's what I did. I had the gift for the gaff as I was told by some of my family members. So competition, not really an issue. Um, there were times where there were a lot of kids in the like in the whole household all together. I got like five brothers, five sisters all together, including the the ones that's here and the ones that's not here. So um as far as me being able to understand this whole clothing fashion thing, I don't have like the there was none of that no like name brand stuff that people would normally get as a child coming up, yeah, we didn't really do name brand. So it was what we got. Uh, we were very humble. Uh, we also did farm work. 
while we was like we had land that mm-hmm. we would till and before I got there previously they did animals they have livestock but by the time I got there they was just doing the you know vegetables and things of that nature so um from what I got up what I was taught to keep it short was to be humble be thankful do not try to keep up with the Joneses hard work okay good um well I mean and I got um a few things from my brain, you know, the fortunate thing that I had, because for those that don't know, my parents um, separated when I was nine. So I'm actually, you know, the only one at the table that whose parents separated or divorced uh, after that. Um, and for me, it was a it was definitely a contrast between homes after that. But I tell people all the time uh, that I appreciate it because I got to I got to, one. I got to see the differences um, and choose you know, kind of where I wanted to, how I, how I wanted to live. But also um, it's still because my father was still present, right? Even though my, my parents didn't work out, my father was still present. Um, I, and my grandfather was, my mother's father was still alive. I was able to get, cause I, I, I get knowledge and, and, and upbringing really from everybody, everybody I run into, if they, if they have something of value and I never forget, you know, one of the things that happened when I was younger was um, my grandfather wanted to take me to a movie and I didn't tell him I'd already seen the movie because I was just like, well, I, I want to see it again. You know, I'm a kid. I want to see it again. And so after we went and after we went and saw it, I told him that I'd already seen it. And he was like, oh, well, you lied to me. And I'm like, well, how? I didn't even say anything. And I'm like, well, you lied to me because you didn't tell me. And I'm like. It was the first time I'd ever heard that. It was new information. I didn't know about lies of omission at the time. So, um, so that, you know, but so, so I, I, you know, so over these, over the course of being in these different homes, uh, because I used to stay, I used to, we, we lived in North Carolina. I used to come up here the entire summer and I would stay here at my, my grandfather's house. And then I would stay at my grandmother's house in Crestwood. And so I got to experience knowledge and correction from people who, from different people who saw things differently, whereas sometimes, you know, some people, they only, they only get their parents or they only get one side of the family and not the other. Um, now I I can certainly tell you that the rod of correction was not necessarily spared. (laughs) Right. So if, uh, if, if I had, um, made gross errors in judgment, we'll say, um, I was certainly corrected. (laughs) Right. But, um, I think about then everybody experienced a level of correction. Yeah. But, because of the difference in the my two households, okay, I got to see two different ways of doing it. So, mm. you know, there's there's one group of people that uh, believes you have to if you spare the rod, you spoil the child, child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then in another household, and y'all like how I'm not naming which one is which, right? Yeah, they know, <laughs> they gonna know though, they know. In one household, the there there was still correction, but there was no rod of correction. Mm. And so what it let me see is that if you and and you have to know your own children. Right. You have to know your own children to know what is going to be impactful. What's still going to get what's the least amount of harm I can inflict, but still get the desired outcome. Right. And so some people that are hard headed, mm-hmm. like um, get extra correction. Yeah. You got to get extra correction. Right? <laughs> get extra correction. And that correction may need to be extra good. vicious. <laughs> but I was not hard headed. You know, one of the things that and I don't know why uh, I am this way, but I never wanted my parents to be disappointed with me or with my actions. Right. Um, and so I never wanted to do anything that would disappoint them. That doesn't mean I haven't. Right. Cause like, like we talked about last episode, I definitely got arrested. So <laughs> that was, I'm sure disappointing probably more for my mother than for my father, because at the time I was living in her house. So she knew long before my dad ever even knew that I had gotten arrested. Cause I was like, well, it's going to be one of those lies of omission right here. Cause <laughs> I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing. <laughs> but, um, but of course, when you listen to this episode, he'll remember that. Then, um, so, so, so again, let me see both sides of it. Let me see that you know you can uh, discipline children without um, without having to anoint them with leather. You can still discipline <laughs> children, right? That's funny. Um, so, that's so that's what that's. I mean, that was one of the biggest things I got because I got to see how two different uh, philosophies were. That uh, I got to see that. I got a question. How old were your parents? Like, what 
the age range, age range that makes it huge. So it um, my, my uh, when I was born, my my mother was twenty four, my dad was twenty five. This was nineteen eighty, mm. um, and um, so by the time and when they and then they separated um, in nineteen eighty eight. I think it was 88, might've been 89. So from that point on, it was, it was always, well, this is, this is how one house is. This is how the other house is. Mm-hmm. And, um, I won't say there were stark contrasts, but it was enough of a con, you know, most, most, most kids can't recognize, um, unless they have, you know, family members that live different. They don't, they don't recognize how they live, mm-hmm. right? They just, they, they, see, just, something they see something different. Mm-hmm. But because both of my parents were in different places, especially after the separation, I got to, I got to say, oh, okay, this, and oh, okay, this. In between the two households, mm-hmm. was it ever told to you what, like, was there a contrast in the difference in, in each household? As far as household, as far as um, like if you were doing certain things here and you tried it over here, was it like, oh, you can't do that over here. That's not how we do it. I mean, there were certainly some things. I mean, for those that don't know, uh, (laughs) my dad is a pastor. So there was there were certainly things that uh, there was music that I couldn't listen to in his house, which was, you know, okay, because, you know, his, his mindset was and still is that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So there wasn't um, any uh, secular music to to listen to in his house. And I tried, you know, I said, well, hey, what about Arrested Developments? You know, they're positive and blah, blah, you know, what about them? Nope. (laughs) Um, So, you know, and it was the same for my brothers and sisters that were in his house for for Chris, Nikki and Michelle. It was the same for them. I don't know about Michelle. You know, the youngest one usually has it a lot easier. So uh, so (laughs) I don't know if she did or not because I I moved out because the the deal that uh, was made was once my parents separated, I would live with my dad for a specified amount of time. And then I would then I would go live. And then I had the choice. Um, and at the time my mother was, isn't, was an army officer. So she was getting PCS overseas to Panama. And I was like, well, I want to see that. Mm. So at that point, you know, then from that point on, essentially I lived, uh, in her house. Now, prior to that, I was, you know, kind of bouncing back and forth type of thing as a lot of kids do that are, that are in, um, homes where the parents are no longer together. So, so for me, that was, they were, they were. That was that was it. Gotcha. Okay. And that age difference makes it. it oh, it, oh, I'm sure it does. Because just to, real quick before we go to you, Calvin, like my parents were like in their 60s and 70s. Like they were older, so they had like that older mentality to where yeah. it was my, you know, it was a lot different, a lot more stern, like I said before. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. My Cal- way to highway type stuff. Oh, yeah, most <laughs> definitely. Well, I, I got a little bit of that too, that my way to highway. Um, growing up in a home with both parents, and that's unique to see how all three of us have a different upbringing. I had both parents; they were um, well educated. Education was a big thing in our home and church. Those were the one and two, as far as like you said, the 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 game taught. We were taught, mind you, in a black home. Well educated um, We were taught Early To do your best um, Do your best in school And serve God Those it, Not in that particular order yeah. But those were the Common things Both parents would say You have to get edu- your education And you have to love God Those were one and two Everything after that is up to you. Now, it was something you, unique you said when you said you didn't want to disappoint your parents. And I, I, me being a parent now, having kids, I can see that in one of my kids, but I don't see it in the other ones. And that was funny because I looked at myself, mm-hmm. and I never had an attitude. <laughs> this, and this explains a lot. I never had an attitude that I didn't want to disappoint my parents. I always had a... A strong self will, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna do what Calvin wanted to do, no matter the consequences. And it was that's a strange <laughs> thing now looking at it mm-hmm. because, yeah, you said get a good education, and I was smart, but I 
should have pursued more. I and a lot that. of things we were taught, um, I didn't look at it that way. That's a good point. I'm, I'm gonna go back and talk to them about this now. Also, <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 a lot of stuff makes sense now. But also, um, growing up in a very um, church home, my dad's a pastor as well, mm-hmm. so was my my mom, and we were taught the Bible. Line upon line, precept upon precept. And we were taught uh, holiness, baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. A a very strict, strict home. Yeah. And a foundation laid. So there was no question at our house (laughs) on what we're going to do. Y'all had the map. This is the way you go. This is is what you do. I got you. This is how you live Mm -hmm. until the day you die. And you better not forget it. Yeah. Not only, yeah, that's and that's what we were, that's what we came up in. Yeah, and the expectation, it, it, at the time being a child, you you automatically conformed to that. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't seen as a restriction. Looking at, back at it, we had a very sheltered life. Mm-hmm. It kept us from seeing a lot and experiencing even more on one end that's bad, on the other end that's good. We had that too. Yeah. That Right, right. Some some people feel like, well, my parents kept me in a box or kept me from. No, they were trying to protect you the best they could and True. from what they understood. True. And then not, not only that, like you said, generation. Mm-hmm. Generation makes a, a difference. Um, mind you, some of our parents grew up through the '60s right. in the black community. Yes, where I love things, them. yeah, yeah, and 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 things weren't as nice as it is now. Understood. So a lot of th- their habits, going to church based and staying, well, based upon a lot of issues going on at that time, and it just went through throughout time to say, okay, this is how you do. This is how you are, and it was more or less a response to how they this grew up. This is how up. you act, right? Old programming right. for new times, right? Now, as time goes on and as things develop, we we kind of mature and grow into okay, this what works now, and this isn't what works. That miseducation, that that um, okay, I'm gonna give you an example with <laughs> with church. With church for yeah. for me, this this was I was heavily rooted Monday through Monday. It was something to do with <laughs> you see that right? You yeah. saw that right? <laughs> Every day, and yeah. if it wasn't going to a physical building, I was taught something about the Bible. Yeah, Got not it. just church. I didn't grow up in a church environment where the culture of I can say the cliches, I, I I can speak the cultural norms in a church. Yeah, I saw that, but I wasn't taught that. <laughs> I was not taught I wasn't taught the white Jesus on the cross the way people see it. Mm. I wasn't taught that philosophy. I wasn't taught a lot of the the biblical principles through a slave uh culture, mm-hmm. as I like to say nowadays. Because a lot of things that used to go on in our churches really was rooted in racism and slavery. Absolutely. But you have to pull that, separate that stuff from the principles of the Bible. And that's what I had an issue and with. And that was big, that was big for me because yeah. even today people feel like, oh, that's a white Christian uh way of life, or that's a slave. No, no, my brothers and sisters, no. You should read your Bible <laughs> Read it with understanding <laughs> and, and, and we're a little more educated now But I'm just throwing that out there Because that's 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 a part of my upbringing mm-hmm. So a lot of the miseducation And then financial miseducations and, and the way you have to be disciplined I'm sure some of us can relate to Okay you did this wrong You got a spanking That's a miseducation people you don't have to. Okay, you don't have to spank your kids. I have learned that. Yeah, you you can talk to your kids and and get them to see the mistake. There's levels to it. It's levels to it. It's levels it's to definitely it. Definitely levels to you, it. You shouldn't be spanking a, a ten for 12, spilling milk on the 20, table. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be like, surprised. Yeah. Damn, it's banging. That's a fight. <laughs> and, but that's what it turns into. Right there. That's Swear what it up. turns into. And, and then up. we look at yeah. why kids don't listen to their parents. Yeah. You've been busting me in the head for 20 years. Why would I listen to you now? Yeah, yeah. No, so, I get that. There's, there's a lot of resentment when it comes to A lot that. of resentment. And that's, that's something that a lot of people have dealt with and still dealing with right now. So, what, so what are the, some of the, let's deal with, Miseducation. Miseducation. I, I one of the financial miseducations we've experienced. Oh, that's I'm big one. Get it one. Is, can I get one real quick? Yeah. I've learned that you just can't spend all your money trying to keep up. <laughs> trying to keep up with the Joneses, man. It's it's ridiculous. It's made me watching other people financially struggle mm. while I was financially struggling mm. was was the thing because that was what we knew mm-hmm. we didn't know how to get out of debt we didn't know how to make credit scores better it was a lot of different things that weren't really focused on because we just paid the bill as long as the bills were paid as long as the water was on as long as the lights we, we was good. on we, we good just keep it moving all the while struggling right so for me that part was a thing i had to grow on and thank God I did. <laughs> it's so much better now. <laughs> it's so much better now. So, so, nice. so nice. I've, I've never. This is a new experience. A this new experience, a, man. You feel and weight off of you. A lot of weight off yeah. of me. Feel, yeah. Feel feel very comfortable to make different type of choices as far as being able to in, invest money that I have. Just there to, you know what I mean? I don't do something need, smart with your money. Do something smart with my money. Not just keep it in the savings and let the federal take out a dollar and then pay me $3 and for the years and years and not occur any kind of interest on it or any kind of uh, residual. So anyway, um, credit score has never been higher financially. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but I'm, me and my family are comfortable and my whole thing now, now that I'm comfortable, I want to be able to move that forward generation to generation to generation. Like, I don't want my kids struggling. Did you start with a idea or, or mindset of how to manage money? Was, was it taught to you as a kid? It was not. That was, that's part of the miseducation. It was not taught to me as a child. I, I learned that later on in life, learning how to save, well, Get the money, save the money, invest the money, and that's that's my mindset now. It's all money in. I'm not, I'm not I'm not looking to to have the lazy. There's a lot of things that I want to purchase, but I will always talk myself out of it. That's good. There are things that I won't buy if I can't buy it twice. Like I have a mentality of I'm not. <laughs> Hold on, say it again. <laughs> say, say no, seriously, I am not trying to buy something I, I, I buy cannot something buy it twice that I can't. Because for me, that's a financial state. That's a, for me in my head financially. That's a smart decision. Buying something on credit, trying to struggle to pay for it, is not my idea of being financially smart. But I'm not trying to put down anybody. I'm just talking about from my experience and what I've and and what but I. That went just through. shows growth. That just shows where you were and where you are now. Yes, I check my money every day, consistently. I check my funds every. I check my credit score. <laughs> I check my credit score at least once a day, and I'm trying to find out a way how I can make it better the smart way for for my my credit yeah. for my money. I like to see. I like to see more coming in than going out. Guaranteed. Yeah. No, I get, you know the crazy thing is I check I check my, um, and it's not something I learned from my parents really. I, I but I did. To go along with you, I check mine every day, but it was only because I was broke for so long <laughs> that I had to it's check a, it every day. Like, wait a minute, broke, before you swipe this, money. <laughs> before you swipe this, let me check real quick. Let me but, take a look. But you know what's funny? Speaking of that, though, yeah, I, I was thinking. I was just sitting there thinking one day. I said to myself, "We live in America, right? Yeah. It's the last time I checked. How much?" Debt is America in a ton. So you can only expect the people there to be following the same suit. And the... Okay, think about it. The majority of us 
mm-hmm. are sitting in a ton of debt, whether it's some good, debt, bad, good debt, debt, bad debt. It's right. debt is debt. That's correct. Yeah. Debt is debt. So don't feel bad. I wanted to talk to the people out there listening. Don't feel bad. Just make a change. Manage it. Manage it. And that's what it's all about. It's managing it. It definitely is. Debt management. Yeah. So and take time. It's, it's, real quick, it's real important to understand that, um, well, it's important to understand how you go about doing the on the financial side, how you go about doing it. You have to have a mindset to where this is important. Because yeah. for a long yeah. time, I didn't think it was important until I got older and realized, yo, what this have I been important. doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that there was a turnaround point because it was it was when I actually took the time to look at it. And a lot of people get anxiety when they look at their yeah. bills and stuff because like that. Because it's stressful. It's very stressful. Looking at that debt you owe. And it's very stressful. Owe, some people don't like. Some people just aren't confrontational. Don't want to confront the issue. Don't open up. <laughs> there, oh, and it's really hey, that, it's, that, that ain't gonna work on death. That is not gonna work on death. Not gonna work. Running it's from not the problem go away. at all. You're the problem. You can't run from away. yourself. You got to deal with this thing. So yeah, go ahead. So man. so when 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 was that that change? The change? The change of the guard? When when did your mind change into how you handle what you were taught, Alan? Um. I think it was I was probably in my twenties because you know obviously as as most kids are when when you don't understand always why um kind of like when we were in the Marine Corps, you know they always used to tell us you don't know why this is what we're teaching Just you do it but you'll f- but over time you'll figure it out so for an example, and this is about the Marine Corps, not about my parents, I'll get to that in a second um so they used to we were we were all at Paris Island, and one of the things you could not do. Was kill one of those sand fleas. You you know, it, but but what I the realized like they have mosquito. to eat too. Yeah, they have to eat too. And if you killed it, you had to find it and bury it. At least we did. That's extra, right? There. <laughs> you had to find <laughs> it and bury. It. And for anybody that doesn't know, sand fleas are small. But what I realized over time was the reason they did that because everything in the Marine Corps is geared towards making war fighters, right? Geared towards making warriors, riflemen, as we call them. And so what it was, was that if you are behind enemy lines, so to speak, or you are in the sand, you're tracing through the jungle. The one thing you don't want to do is move because movement is easy to see. It's hard to see somebody moving very slowly, but if you, if, if you know something out there, is nibbling on your ankle and you reach down to smack it. Well, now they can, they can see you because you move so quickly. And so they were teaching us not to respond to external stimulus to save your own life right. in a, in a combat situation. And I don't know that everybody that everybody understood that, but after over time, I think one of our drill instructors might've even said it. I didn't at the time. Yeah. I think one of our drill instructors <laughs> might've said it. So, so in terms of, in terms of uh, my upbringing, I kind of started to realize at 24 25 maybe maybe 26 i was in my 20s for sure uh, it wasn't 37 right <laughs> when it went like like i said the other day mm-hmm. um i i started to realize oh that's why that's why right and then, and then i could also see well these other people's kids other people's children as it is right i could see that th- you know, the way that my parents raised me kept me from doing right. a lot of right. that stuff. Right. Didn't mean it kept me from doing everything, but it certainly but kept me from going it. all the way right. left. Right. And, you know, so that's when I realized, you know, if you raise up a child, that whole deal, uh, that it was there was some truth to that because I could see it in my own life. Because, I mean, you know, I have I certainly know plenty of people. I won't say plenty, but more than a dozen that uh, were street corner pharmaceutical reps. And... um <laughs> But it was never something. My my problem with it was because I remember even somebody one time somebody uh, offered me the opportunity to go into business with them. I'm like, well, I can't do that because I I can't be number two. So that means I gotta and just as an, as an aside, people. Yes, it has been my you know my wife has said more than once that if it weren't for Jesus, I might be a sociopath. So just take this with a grain of salt. Right, because because I and I told him I was like, look, I can't I can't get involved in what you in because if I get involved in what you in, I might have to kill you, mm. and I don't want to do that. Like, because I'm not going to be is you know my mindset was going was like I don't know if anybody's seen uh, I can't remember the name of the movie, but it was like get down or lay down. That was my mentality. That was state property. State property, yeah. So my, that was my mentality was get down or lay down. So, I, but but. Because I knew, because I'd been taught what the consequences of that could be, because I I understood um, 
you know, risk to reward. Cause that was one of the things my parents always said. They said, you know, every action they use one Newton's, I think it's Newton laws, but anyway, they use every action has an equal opposite reaction to get me to think about what I did mm-hmm. before I did it. Um, and that, I mean, and sure, some people's parents, cause both of my parents are, uh, I, I will say I was privileged in that no, no different than Calvin. And that both of my parents were both college educated. Uh, my mother was an army officer. My dad was a teacher. Um, st- just retired a couple of years ago, right? So uh, there was a certain, and in addition to that, my grandmother on my, on, on my mother's side was a teacher. So she had a college degree. My grandfather had a college degree on that side. Oh, wow. So it wasn't, it was, it was kind of, there was kind of a level of ed- expectation, expectation that comes mm-hmm. with that education, mm-hmm. right? And Makes so, sense. and so, um, so, which is, which when I graduated high school, there was certainly no fanfare. It was like, all right, what you finna do? Right. <laughs> right. What's next? What's next? Cause, right. Uh, and then, you know, then I got an aunt that, uh, I got an aunt with the William and Mary. My mother went to Norfolk State. That's a lot of, I went to Norfolk State. Right there, yeah, my, my uncle, but both think, of my uncles went to Hampton University. So it was like, but that's what, what you makes the difference. It, I know. That, that's what makes the, the difference over time. time. Yeah, the, the template yeah. set. So yeah. one generation follows the next. The benefit that I think I have is even though. You know, I do come from, and when I say privilege, understand I'm talking about privilege of education, not necessarily privilege of in, in money or income, because certainly all the teachers know teachers don't really get paid a lot of money, not unless you live in Texas. But I mean, you know, it, it, certainly in Virginia, North Carolina, teachers don't really make a lot of money, not in North Carolina. So coming up from that upbringing to now, what have you changed in philosophies or upbringings? Uh, well, kind of like, kind of like Twine, you know, one, one of the things I saw, uh, was because, um, because, so I didn't understand, I didn't understand income, uh, when I was younger in that meaning that I didn't understand what, what stuff really costs, not just today, but what it costs in the long, you know, long term. Um, because all I ever saw, cause you know, seemed like grandma and granddad, Always got money, but they always have money because they done paid all this. They, they mm-hmm. either don't have debt or they paid all this stuff off. But that wasn't that part of that process wasn't taught. So it's just something that you saw because I, I remember, you know, my, uh, I, I, my my grandfather was an assistant postmaster for the city of Norfolk, and so in retirement he was probably earning more than most people make working. So, but there was, there were never any conversations about that because we didn't, you know, in most black households, they don't really talk about money. Um, it just kind of is this thing that's over there and hopefully you figure it out one day. But it wasn't until I said, okay, so wait a minute. So he did this and, oh, he sold his house to buy this house so that this house was, so he was, but these were things that were never talked about until, you know, probably after he, and I, after he passed and then I started doing my own research because I went down to, you know, city records because I'm weird. Right. So I went down to city records because I wanted to see the bill of sale for the house in Crestwood and the bill of purchase for the house that I that I currently live in. And sure enough, he sold the house in Crestwood for fifty thousand and then bought this house for seventy eight thousand. So essentially he only paid eighteen thousand for the house because the house in Crestwood was paid off. So I'm like, oh, well, why didn't why is that not something that somebody why didn't they why didn't they pay that knowledge forward? And of course, at the time, I was probably too young. But and it wasn't something that I can uh, definitively say that my that my parents knew, um, you know, out, outwardly at the time. They may have it may have been something they internalized, but they didn't necessarily uh, know maybe know it outwardly. Because, you know, there's a lot of times you know stuff, but you don't realize you know it. Mm. And um, so for me, it was in my 20s where, where I think the shift happened. And and it was for me, it wasn't a shift of this programming was incorrect. Let me correct these programs. It was, these were things that I was being taught incidentally. Like it wasn't intentionally being taught, but they were things that, that I would, that if I wasn't, I I observed it, Mm. but that that if I wasn't an observant child, I would have probably missed it altogether. But because I, I tried to always observe people. I mean, I was always watching people to see how they responded in certain situations. Don't know why I just always been that way. Um, And then use that to build upon my own self. Okay. okay. What, what did you decide to change, though? Uh, what I decided to change, or what I like to say, is what I had to unlearn. Uh, is we touched on rearing of the child. Mm-hmm. 
correction of the child. I'm not as strict as I was before. Like there are there are some things that I would have just like, okay, come on, let's it's time for this whooping. <laughs> come on, get your beating. Just because I thought or perceived something to be disrespectful or out of place. So I have learned to be more patient. Uh, that's something I learned. Uh, I've also learned how to uh, understand other people versus me trying to put my own will upon somebody else. Um, financially, I've learned that um, you have to take time. It is important to establish something for the next generation. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, with the kids having access to college, um, you know, and just being able to get something for the rest of your life is is something that I've been working really hard for because I, I understand and, and know what it looks like to, you know, for a child to just like, okay, nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I, I did uh, learn. What else did I learn? Uh, I learned that I can't control everything. I, I've controlled how to be real. I controlled how, well, excuse me, I learned how to not live in a facade or a mirage, if that makes sense. There's yeah. no fake in the funk. Uh, there's like what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm more private than I've learned to be private. Um, being learning that has helped out a lot as well in regards of, I'm not trying to put off that I have this or that just to seem like I'm established. Mm -hmm. I would rather look like a bum and be, and be financially and be be good (laughs) and, and not have any concern. So I've learned how, um, that's that's some of the things that I've learned that I can think of right now, but there's, there's a lot that I have learned that I may not mention. I've learned how to be a better person, a better friend, a friend, um, you know, there's a lot of things that come, come with that. So, that's, that's all I got for now. I think for me, the the big takeaways or the, the things that I did change <clears throat> growing up, not to downplay or, or negate education and religion, those were the two biggest influences in my life and what I like to tell my oldest son and, and my boys. My boys, I tell them, um, I say each generation we, we take something from or learn something from a generation and we bring that to our generation and then whatever you get you add on to it and you hand it to the next and so for me taking education and religion from my mom and dad I like to add now a relationship what I found to, to be common from from my generation, well, the past generation, yes, they pursued education and many pursued uh, the faith on whatever level, but a lot of us failed in the relationship department. A lot of our homes were broken. A lot of our kids don't get together like they used to, uh, like have family dinners and stuff. That's one thing my in-laws still do. Oh. That's one thing that I... I deliberately worked on coming through. Not to say I didn't set aside, I, I set aside education and religion because I still pursued those, mm-hmm. right. still did it. But my focus was maintaining positive, constructive relationships with my family. That's my big one. If I can get that one right, <laughs> because I feel like what's the point in having, What what is the point of me? Having this great education, having this great wealth and knowledge, having this solid walk with God and faith and all this, and then having all this money, if I became a millionaire tomorrow, would I have the relationships with my own children? Mm-hmm. Would I have the relationship? That to me, because I don't want to just give them something and they mess it up. Like you said, okay, you said I, I didn't want to be a disappointment to my f- my parents. Yeah, that was big because I would I would come back to life. <laughs> I would come back resurrection. I would come back if my kids messed up everything 
I sat there and worked And yeah, but if you, that's, if that's, you teach them right, and, and I'm not saying they got to be perfect, yeah. but if I left them something, I would want them to take care of it and, and know, okay, my father wouldn't expect me to do X, Y, Z with what, with what he left behind. Not to say everybody knows their children and you know what they can and can't handle. I mean, reality check, you sense, you know if your kid, <laughs> Calvin, you know if your kid that has the <laughs> discipline or the focus. But my thing is I would at least still want them to know, okay, their dad loved them. He tried to show it. He did the best he could. And he tried to pass on what his parents gave him to them along with this, that, or the third. Mm-hmm. I think gotcha. that's 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 what I'm taking away. Yeah. Real quick on that, because you said something, and you said something about them or the children messing up the wealth or something that mm-hmm. you created that that you left for them. Mm-hmm. There was a book that I read. This name: What Would the Rockefellers Do? What would the Rockefellers do? And that book was based on the difference of family and how they manage their money. Both. Mm-hmm. I forgot the other name of the other family, but the Rockefellers versus the other family. The Rockefellers set up things in regards of trust funds and mutual funds, and they had like a board of directors where it's set up to where if your child or dependent was to, in need of money, mm-hmm. they would have to go to the board of directors. They would have to, like, if they want to go to school, there were stipulations. If they wanted to start a business, they had stipulations, but it had to be within a certain uh, range of things to make sure that the that wealth was created to put back into that it therefore they can yeah. keep going. So there was another family. Um, you read the book. It's a great book to uh, read as far as understanding uh, how to create generation, generational wealth. The other family did not do such. They didn't have any limitations and their family wasted, ba- wasted everything. That's big. So just to touch on what you said. And because we recommend books, I have to touch on this because, you know, we live in a society of cancel culture Yes, we know that some of these people whose books we recommend did not. They were not great, necessarily great people. We're taking the information that they gave us. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. thing. Because I got a lot of books on my shelf that are people that I probably wouldn't want to meet. However, for certain aspects of my life, they're the experts. Right? Um, Because, I mean, they're, they're, they're certainly, it is history. But, you know, we live in a day and age where... People are like, well, but you know the Rockefellers did. Yes, I know they did that. Yes, yeah, I just, know that. And well, I'm just talking about. Let me be clear. Thank you for saying that. I'm just talking about the generational wealth yeah. that they were able to create with the things that he put in place, the the stipulations and the yeah, I, rules. The, I like to I like to tell people all the time, if I'm getting advice from somebody or from from a book, I am getting advice for that topic. Absolutely. If I, if I if I don't agree with your lifestyle in this area of life, mm-hmm. I won't listen to you. If you don't have the model, if you don't have the model to show it, I'm not listening to you. But if you have the model to show it in that particular area, yeah, I will listen to everything you have to say. And I, the, go ahead. No, go ahead. I think I think that's important because I mean, and Jim Rohn. I keep referencing Jim Rohn, so you know, of course, yeah, that, that Jim Rohn's my guy. It's my guy. Um, you know, one of the things he said was that, you know, when you're, when you're looking at these people who've written these books and who have done these things, you, you are essentially doing exactly what Calvin talked about is you are buying this for this specific purpose, right. not necessarily for, for whatever else they may have in their life, because all of us are flawed humans, every right. single one perfect. of us. So I am sure that there are things that every person you hold on to as a mentor uh, has done that's probably problematic. Right. Like there's going to be something that somebody has done that's problematic. So he used to say, look close, but don't look too close right. because every person is going to have uh, issues. There are some books that I have not even completed because in my reading, I got what I wanted. I'm done. Yeah. So there's a lot of books that I have that, like I said, is oh, I, I come through it, yep. get it. And then once I get that, it's done. Matter of fact, I didn't even finish that book. I in, got in, in in the Rockefeller book, I would say pick up the Jewish phenomenon too. It okay. talks about the generational wealth. I'll check it out for sure. It's a good book for sure. I was gonna say something else um, about what Calvin was talking about. Then I got on the book. Doggone! What'd you say? Which one about the the last thing? You, the last thing you were saying? 
about oh about that's what it, says. it was family 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 so um that's one of the things that i i so my family is very i'll say segmented right because um so my parents were born here in virginia however the majority of my grandparents children on both sides if you take them together don't live here so getting together with family was was certainly more difficult uh, because unless everybody traveled back here, it was difficult to say, OK, well, we're going to go to Maryland for this person's house. We're going to go to Northern Virginia for this person's house. We're going to go to near Baltimore for this person's house. We're going to go down to, uh, you know, North Carolina for this person's house. And then, you know, so it was it was difficult to get everybody together uh, at one time to to continue that family unit now and I will say but up until the time that my grandfather passed we still did used to uh the Williams side used to do this the Thanksgiving dinners you know as a group here um but it's just you know it's, it's somebody has to maintain that and from what I've been told my grand because I never met my grandmother she passed before I was born was that prior to that that for her side of the family she was kind of that matriarch that kept everybody together mm-hmm. and then after she passed it kind of just now you say family reunions? We we don't um, for a long time we weren't even invited. Meaning my branch of the family, not not me, but just from my grandmother and grandfather on my shorter side on down, weren't even invited. Um, and then all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, they're, they're usually in Atlanta, uh, but a couple a couple of few years ago, they started inviting us to the family. Do you reunions. think family reunions are important now? I think. Would, that, you, would you change? Is that something you would change? I think that. I think that getting the, I don't know the family reunions as an institution are are important. I know why they existed. There's a lot of history to why, especially as African Americans, we did them. Um, one was because we didn't you didn't know people and you didn't want to be dating your cousin and not know it, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, I, but I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it happened a lot. There's there's a whole lot of a whole lot of folks, especially in the South, that are double and triple cousins. So, um, but I, I would, you know, one of the things that we're planning to do is try to get the the nuclear family together. We're trying to figure it now, of course, with COVID, we're not doing any of that, but we were trying to see if we could have like, you know, just get parents on both sides together and, and all of their children, grandchildren, and then like go rent a beach house. Or Cause there'd be a bunch mm-hmm. of us. So we could go rent a beach house either here, South Carolina, wherever that, that was large enough to accommodate everybody. And that was going to be kind of like how we got everybody together to, to maintain those relationships. Cause you know, my wife is from Ohio. So, uh, and she's the only one that doesn't live where her family is. So, you know, I try to do my best to one, the good thing is I like I love my in-laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love mm-hmm. all of them. Like, I, I definitely love mine. You know, uncle uncle in-laws, all of that. Love all of them. They, they are some phenomenal people. Mm-hmm. So there is no issue at all for me to go back to to for me to go to Ohio. But most gotcha. of the time, especially uh, you know, year you know, as we were coming up, I was like, Hey, so you, you wanna go home? What you wanna do? Like we you going back to Ohio? <laughs> when when we going? You know, I have no trip. issue at all. You no know, issue at all. So yep. Uh, so I, I do wish that, though, the um, sometimes I wish that we had lived closer together because I find that families that live in the same place are generally tighter knit, whereas families that are spread out all over the country because it's harder to get together. We'll, we'll have to talk about the pros and cons of there are, no, 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 there are cons. There, there, there are cons. There are cons. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Everybody somewhere. all in your business all the time. Amen. <laughs> all topic. in your business. All Listen. The- Hot topic. Listen. <laughs> Got to double up on that one, <laughs> but yeah. So that so that's the only thing that that, that I would probably change. And my mother did a, a fairly good job of making sure that when we did live in North Carolina, that we we were up here once a month. Like yeah. there was no no doubt about it. We were going to be here. She wanted to make sure that I got to because we didn't live locally. That I got to see and have a relationship with my grandparents on both sides. To her credit, right. So um, so it was just one of those things where you know we. As I when I was younger, we worked hard to make sure I got back here. But that meant I had a really close relationship with my cousin Antoine, because um, he lived here and we were always together. You would have thought, you know, we were brothers, um, even though we were cousins. We looked enough alike that we could have been brothers, right? So you could tell we were related to each other. So uh, that's the only thing I probably would that we're gonna certainly shift differently and try to make sure we maintain those relationships. Gotcha. All right, anything before we wrap it up? Wrap it up, B. Final comments. Uh, final comments. Um, I mean, I think we, we touched on everything we wanted to uh, talk about. So, anything else? Anybody else got to say? 
Good. No, man, I just want to say I appreciate you guys, man, because, you yeah. know, you know, we. Uh, <laughs> hey, I want, I want to say um, appreciate everybody that supports us been been commenting and. Yeah, and I appreciate the haters, too. And also back, special uh, appreciation and thanks for, to our parents because they did a phenomenal job raising fine young men. Because, face. <laughs> <laughs> because right, wrong, or indifference. Okay. If, if 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 we think okay, they could have did better better here or there or whatever. Look at the product now. Look at look at the results now, and look yeah. at we, who we are and where we are now. I, I will say so. Overall, yeah. Overall, we yeah. we have to say thank you, mom, dads, for everything. Thank yeah. you for they have prepared us for 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 life in this world. In different ways, so in some ways better than others, but either way, like you said, overall, and that right. really that kudos. really is the job of parents, right? To prepare you for life, essentially prepare you for life without them, and without them, and and that's important. It's eye opening too when we re, when you're raising kids and mm-hmm. seeing like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what they were talking about. So. Yeah, because I remember, I remember that was one of the so, things that my so mother if you're listening said. out there and you your, your parents are still here, whether you're mad with them, whether everything's good, still reach out, tell them you love them. Work it out if you can. Forgive them <laughs> if you can. Everybody's not on that level, but still, still, Be take humble. the time. Everything going on in the world today. Yes, sir. Make sure you tell them you love them. All love right. y'all. Appreciate y'all. Absolutely. Sure. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We'll Stay see you next time. Five stars. Let's Five go. Five stars. Yeah. Trapper keeper. Yeah.